0: As we, um, before we get into the Bible reading this morning, uh, this reading that Francis, I believe, is going to read for us. Because, yep, um, and she finds her glasses, uh, is the uh, reading that comes just before what I read yesterday in a little talk I gave uh, as part of our our family camp. And so yesterday we read the story when Paul and Silas were in prison and uh, were praying and singing, and God brings an earthquake and opens the doors and at least coming to the Lord and this is the passage just for context this is the passage that comes immediately before that um, before they get sent to prison. Good so morning everyone.
1: Okay this is Acts chapter 16 verses 16 to 24 and it's taken from the NIV and I'm here so thank you. Good morning. Once when we were going to the place of prayer At that moment, the spirit left her. When her owners realised that their hope of making money was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to face the authorities. They brought them before the magistrates and said, These men are Jews and are throwing our city into an uproar by advocating customs unlawful for us Romans to accept or practise. The crowd joined the attack against Paul and Silas. And the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison. And the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet with stocks. This is the word of the Lord.
0: Thanks, Francis. So I wanted to read that, that uh, reading this morning uh because and by the way um hi i'm luke and it's great to be back <laughs> i was here last sunday but it's, it's great to be back after holidays and and i'm back in the pulpit to share god's word with you um and i want to share this word this morning this this reading because um i think it reminds us of something very very important in our walk with jesus but before we get there um I wanted to give a little bit of a recap of what I, what I spoke about yesterday for those who, who weren't here and part of our, our um, weekend here at the Billabong, uh, and uh, I'm first going to uh, pull my notes up. Um, I spoke about the fact that we as a church have a purpose. We have a mission. There's one thing that we are here for, and it's easy to forget um, what that is because the culture of the church over so many years in Australia, in the West, has been to to, to do Sundays and to run programs and to employ, employ professional Christians to sort of do the work of ministry and all these kinds of things that have gotten in the way of the one mission that Jesus called his followers to, which was to go and make disciples. And, uh, and it, it's one and the same to say that we are to be disciples and to make disciples because actually if we're disciples... We multiply, we, we we lead others to come to know Jesus more. And, and if we are making disciples, that is our discipleship to Jesus as well. And so it's important to remember uh, that this is what we're here for. Um, but if you just know, okay, I've, I, that's my that's my mission, that's my calling, to go and to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey what I've commanded you, um, and I'll be with you always, is the Great Commission, and then you sort of get given a Bible and go, okay, have fun with that. Good luck. It's not that easy, is it? There's a whole lot to learn and a whole lot of challenges and a whole lot of uh, uh, learning and growth and everything that comes with that mission, um, whether that be individually or whether that be as a group of people. Um, And so we need something to be able to to, to latch on to, something that we can do practically, that is that is practical, that is biblical, but that works and that is most importantly simple and, and transferable. Something that if, if I'm doing it, I can show someone else to do the same thing as well without needing a theology degree or or um, you know ten years of experience. But Something that we can always grow in that's very simple but also powerful. And um, there are three uh, dimensions, I, su- I would suggest, of, the, of this Christian, this life of a disciple. Um, one is our relationship with God. If we could just pop to the next slide uh, that shows that God, each other, and, um, and the lost. Um, we have these three relationships. Um, one is our relationship with God. Everybody agree on that? A life of prayer, a life in relationship with God is an essential element of a life of a disciple of Jesus. Hopefully we can agree on that one. Uh, the next one is that we we need this life in spiritual family, relationship, love of one another as followers of Jesus, as children of God. That one gets a little bit more like, oh, well, you know, I'm busy and I have my family and I have a job and it's a bit. You know, sometimes we're like, I'm not sure sure about that, so we tend to tick the box of church and maybe small group, but but deep, deep relationships with each other is like, oh, you know, maybe I'll, I'll hold back a bit on that. But we need this. We need deep and growing relationships with each other if we're to be disciples who make disciples. And finally, we need this love of and even pursuit of those who Jesus called like lost sheep, those who we once were people that we once were who didn't know and understand and had received the gospel, and people who, who, who are looking for, though they don't know it, who are yearning for this love, this deep grace and love of a Savior who's, who's come to give them life and life abundant. And we have been given this wonderful news to share, and so we need these three loves, these three great loves, as someone once called these three relationships with God, each other, and the lost. But I would suggest that there's a very, very powerful and simple and transferable principle, not just to live a life in relationship with God and with each other and with those who don't know Jesus, but to, to do this, to live a life where each of these are integrated, Or someone used the word gelled together (laughs) yesterday, where we don't live a three-part life, but a three-dimensional life, where these things come together. And that can be very, very simple. That can be going, when somebody shares a burden with us, can I pray for you? That can be um, praying with our brothers and sisters in Christ for those who don't know Jesus. That can be, you know, hold up, hold up, inviting someone to church who doesn't know Jesus. Mind-blowing stuff, right? But do we do it? Do we live in this way where we integrate our faith, our love of God, our love of each other, and our love of the lost? I I would suggest that if we're struggling in one area, if it's like, you know what, my prayer life's struggling and I don't know where to go next, it might be that our relationship with Christian family or our our, our desire to witness, that those need to be looked at because these all form um, an, an integrated life that work Together, so that's a summary of what I, what I spoke on uh, yesterday. What I want to share a few words on today is that I think there is, in a sense, a fourth element. Now I, I don't I don't mean that there's another kind of level of relationship or something that we need to pursue to be a holistic disciple of Jesus, because this is this is, in essence, the life of a disciple. This three-dimensional di- life. But I think that there's a fourth thing that sits alongside these, maybe even in the center of these, which uh, al- along with our relationship with God, each other, and the lost, an experience of this fourth element helps us to grow in as a disciple of Jesus. The disciple of Jesus is somebody who's growing to become more like Jesus. Um, but with just these things, um, sometimes... We get stuck, and so there's something else that comes in that uh, is an opportunity for us to become more like Jesus and to grow as his disciples. I wonder uh, if anyone wants to take a guess at what I'm talking about, because I might be wrong, but my, my guess is that um, it's not the first thing that would come to mind for us in um, in western australia in a in a in a pretty comfortable western country so what 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 comes to mind what do you think this this fourth element is that is essential to our growth as disciples any guesses all right holy spirit now i would have said that a couple of weeks ago, if someone said, What what else what else is absolutely necessary? So, oh yeah, Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We need this the helper, the advocate, the one to come alongside us to, to help us to grow in these areas. And that's absolutely true. Definitely. Well done, Carly. I think that's one of, that's a great answer. But it's not the answer I'm looking for. Lisa? Absolutely. We don't like to 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 admit this. We might like to say the Bible or the Holy Spirit, but Actually, the thing that God uses more often than not to grow us is suffering. So I want to promise you that I didn't sit uh, at home while I was on leave for four weeks going, what should should I speak about at our Thrive family camp? (laughs) What does it look like to be thriving disciples of Jesus? What's going to just... Uh, spur people on go, yeah, yeah, this is awesome. I promise you I didn't sit there and go, I know, I'm going to preach on suffering on Sunday morning. But as I was rest, wrestling through some things and reading some things and thinking and praying, I, I started to realize, and through even some of pers- my own personal experiences, I started to realize, you know what, without recognizing this part of our growth and what God does in our lives, how God can use this in our lives, we will always miss something and our growth in our love of God and each other and, the lot, and our pursuit of and our reach to the lost will, will stagnate. This, this, is, um, this is not easy to, to recognize and to, to admit, but it's so important that we go, what do we do with suffering and what part does it play in our life as disciples, thriving disciples of Jesus? Um, just quickly, there, there are obviously different kinds of suffering, maybe four or five, if you like. One would just be the the things that come from the normal challenges of life. It's a broken world, agree? Right? The world's uh, broken, there's, there's stuff that just happens in this world as... Um, part of sin and the fall, and, and, and so we face things in life that are just a result of that. Sometimes things are hard, not because anyone in particular did something wrong right there and then, but, but it's just sometimes hard. There's, there's things in this world that create suffering and hardships and trials. Um, the second one would be what we produce due to our pride. We all have selfish, uh, prideful human hearts, and so we create suffering for ourselves because of the things we do, the things we say, the things we think, that might, be, that might create physical suffering, that might create mental or emotional suffering. There, there's all sorts of ways that the, the sinfulness in the human heart you know, burdens us and weighs us down and creates hardships in our life. That'd be another category, if you like. Uh, another one would be what others do. Right? The the prideful, sinful human heart of another person might have nothing to do with us. But the reality is that sometimes we face hardships and trials and suffering because of another person. It's not our fault, it's because of what they do. Another one would be um, this one's a bit hard to quantify, but just I would say what God allows that's just completely unexplainable. That things there don't seem to be a reason for. There doesn't seem to be a need for it. It's just like, what, what, what is the purpose of that experience or that trial or that suffering? There, there doesn't seem to be any good reason whatsoever for, for, for something like cancer. Um, there doesn't seem to be any good reason for flies. No, that's a silly one, but right, you know, there are certain things, some minor, some major, that it's just for some reason God allows. These things, And finally, there is suffering, setbacks, trials, even persecution that comes as resistance when we're obedient to God. So we face, because, because we are children of God, uh, if we are children of God who have chosen to obey God in the way of Jesus, the way of love and of grace and of mercy to bring goodness and wholeness and healing to this world... Um, and to see people set free through our our partnership with King Jesus, this means that the the enemy and his legion of uh, um, demons is unhappy. Everything about him wants the will of God out of this world. Everything about him wants our obedience to God to be be, uh, uh, put away and to be um, discouraged, and he doesn't like it when God... um, uh, has children who are obedient to him and are bringing what God wants to this world. And so we face setback. He, the devil does everything he can uh, to bring suffering as a result of our obedience to God. So there's kind of roughly five categories. Maybe I've missed one or two. Um, I, I have to admit and, and, and just say up front, personally, I'm incredibly fortunate. And I, and I, I praise God that I've had um, in pretty much every area a, a, a wonderful life. I'm not going to hide from that and pretend it's been a sucky life. I've had a, I'm I'm so grateful um in relation to that you know that I've not experienced great suffering in relation to you know injury, illness, loss, tragedy, Christian persecution, family trauma any of those areas and I know um, many of you would say the same, many of you would not say the same. Um you know for me I grew up in a typical um, uh, you know grew up in a loving Christian home with a good education, and have been incredibly blessed for me. Um, the most substantial hardship in my life um, has probably been around mental health and i wouldn 't say in in any way that in comparison to, to some of you that it 's been that, to that same level, but um, um, there have been for me times that it 's been painful it 's been lonely, and at times dark. one of those times was quite recently and in that space, what God began to remind uh, me of was something that I, I just want to leave with you today as a simple takeaway from from this weekend. many of you' have been here the whole whole weekend um, thinking about what it means to follow Jesus. This is what I, I hope you might you might take away today that th- that these experiences of suffering, hardship, uh, challenges of, of all kinds, any kind are not meant to stop or slow down our growth as followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus who love God, each other and the lost. In fact, suffering is often the very thing that takes us deeper. In love of God and love of each other, and love of those who don't know Jesus is often the very thing that is a catalyst to further growth, to further fruitfulness. And that doesn't make that, make that truth any easier to, to grasp. That's sometimes very hard to see, but this, this is the truth. Now, in the church in Australia, this is just my observation, but in the church in Australia, especially in WA, which has mostly avoided COVID in the last two years, um, I, I see an attitude that is fundamentally unbiblical An anti-Christian, and there's no really no other way to say it. And it's this attitude that if I'm facing a challenge, if I'm facing a hardship of some kind, if I'm facing suffering of some kind, that I need to do a few things. Firstly, I need to ease up on engagement with my spiritual family because I just need to get through this thing, and that requires a lot of energy of me. That that, that's gonna drain me further. Secondly, I need to wait until it's past before I'm good enough or healthy enough to be able to witness to those who don't know Jesus. And finally, even an attitude that says, I I ought to get someone else to pray for me right now. Not that that's a bad thing to get someone else to pray for you, but I I don't have what it takes. I ought to get someone else to pray and seek God because I'm just struggling through this thing right now. So we put aside all three. And that attitude, uh, hear hear me here, that attitude is based on a false view of God that says, I must do these things for God. And friends, that is not the gospel. That is not the gift of God to us. Each of these areas of our life, each of these great loves in our life, are things that God wants to give us as a gift through his Holy Spirit that we would experience his joy. These are not uh, uh, jobs given to us by a king sitting with us as his subjects saying, you need to do this or you're an unfaithful Christian. These are gifts to us given by a gracious father who wants to give us joy. In the passage we read yesterday, it says the jailer and all his family found joy because they, because they knew God now. This is a gift. Suffering is not something we pursue, of course not. But it is always an opportunity to go deeper with God to go deeper with other Christians and to see greater fruitfulness in our witness. Because think about this, if we if we continue to engage with the life of those around us who don't know him and they see that there is something that we have in our trials and in our challenges and in our suffering that they are missing and they go, why is this thing you are facing leading you not to just just?" pain and despair and anxiety and a hopelessness? Why is this thing you are facing leading you to a greater peace and a greater joy and a greater connection with others? What have you got that I don't have? And we can say, I don't always feel it. I don't always feel on top of the world, but what I have is Jesus. And so I want to ask us this morning, friends, how are we approaching suffering? How are we approaching the trials in our life? Are we withdrawing from God? Are we withdrawing from each other, are we withdrawing from our, our, our friends who don't know him? Or is it um, an opportunity to draw closer? Is the thing that you're facing right now something that you need to get through before you're in a better place to be a good Christian again? Because if so, your faith may be based on religion that says you've got to do something to get into God's good books. And, God, and friends, this, these relationships in our life, even the fruitfulness of our obedience to God when it comes to our love of one another and our love of the lost is a gift of God, only possible through his Holy Spirit and his work in us. And so that thing that you're facing right now, that anxiety, that illness, that injury, even the realization of your sin that is creating that hardship, whatever it is. Suffering that you've caused, suffering that someone else has caused, or suffering that no one has caused. I want to suggest, humbly knowing that this is, this is not easy, but I want to suggest that it could be the very thing God is using to make you into a disciple who truly knows him, And truly knows his love. And I want to pray this morning that God would meet us in our suffering, in our trials, if the music team can come back up. And I I don't only only want to pray that, that God would meet us in those spaces. I also want to pray that God is a God who loves to relieve us of suffering. God is a God who loves to heal he loves to set free. Sometimes he knows that there's still stuff that this trial is doing in our lives, and it's not time to remove it yet, and that's hard, and we got to trust him in that. But sometimes he goes, it's time. I want to show you my power. I want to show you my love. I want to show you my care, and we've got to believe that is the God that we serve. He wants What is best for us? He wants us to be in a a deeper relationship with him. He wants us to trust more. He wants us to forgive more. He wants us to be free from whatever is holding us down. And so we want to pray this morning for each other. I want to pray this morning for each other in whatever it is that we're facing. For some of you, it's an opportunity to um, just to be honest. Some of you it's an opportunity to let the tears out and know there's no judgment. Some of you it's an opportunity just to, to confess sin and say, I, I think I'm 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 battling because of what I'm doing. Um, and I just want to encourage you, this is this is a place not to hold back and try and be good enough, but to receive the gift of God in his love and his people. So Father, I just just invite you by your Holy Spirit to come and to minister your healing and your grace and your provision um, and your freedom this morning. I'm going to pray over uh, any spirit of anxiety this morning that is putting people in a place where they can't connect with you and they can't connect with others the way they were designed to. I pray that would be broken in Jesus' name. I want to pray for physical uh, illnesses and ailments that are uh, holding people back from being able to do what brings them joy and I want to pray for healing in Jesus' name. Father, I want to pray for any spirit of depression in our hearts, any bitterness, pray you would allow us to just put it all to your feet that it will be completely wiped away in Jesus' name.